This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 217 of At 10G311. My name is Tim, and joining me, as always, is Dane. And Dane, right off the bat, what a difference two weeks between episodes make when it comes to the old days. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what a weird, um, what a weird time we live in, (laughs) in in baseball-wise, anyway. So they lose the first six games, right? And they win one after that, and they lose one, and they decide to go on a 12-game winning streak. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> um, I, I, I read a statistic this morning that said that no team, that's, at least in, the, in modern baseball, has ever lost their first six games and then went on a 12-game win streak at any point during their season. <laughs> I <know. So. laughs> I believe so, that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, go, going from the bottom from, uh, of AL West to the top, as of right now, as of uh, what what is today, the twenty, the twenty fourth, April twenty fourth, uh, uh, number one, uh, or uh, one game uh, ahead of the Mariners. I know it's, it's so crazy because they pretty much wiped out that bad start. I mean, if they keep keep up with like some what of consistency, not worried they have to win every single game, but they could just eliminate. And I think they already have that. Oh, and six start to where it's behind them. Now they don't have to kind of look back at that as something that put them in a hole. Cause they dug themselves out of that already. It's just crazy how quickly yeah. it was. And I haven't watched most of the Oakland A's games. So is it mainly just been good pitching or just out slugging everybody or a combination of both? Like what did yeah. you notice was the turnaround on this winning streak? Yeah, so it's a combination of both. When they're not hitting well, the pitching is superb. When the pitching isn't so good, you know, they're giving up runs like against the Twins. Um, I don't know if you saw that. I think it was like 13 to 11 game. Um, uh, I don't think I saw that uh, extra one. Inning. Yeah, the extra inning game. Okay. Um, they find their bats uh, and they find them in a big way. So. It's a combination of both, you know. They they finally found some sort of you know response to to the situation in games where it's not like okay, so you gave up seven runs and it's the fourth inning. Okay, so 
we're going to let them score two more, uh, three more runs, and we're not going to do anything. We're going to get shut out, uh, ten nothing. So, you know, it's maybe it is a schedule. Um, you know, they they're playing Detroit right now. Uh, they played the Twins. Um, maybe it is a schedule, but I yeah, mean, they're taking you, advantage of it. That's what. Yeah, you're starting. You start off against the, the Astros and then the Dodgers, and you end up 0 and 6, you know? So, or yeah, 0 and 6, and you win one against the Dodgers, right? So, um, I can't complain to him, you know, <laughs> if they found some kind of, some kind of, um, some kind of rhythm, some, some kind of solution to their problems, even though, you know, I, I, I thought this year was a, it was going to be a total loss with, you know, Marcus Simeon gone, you know, uh, Chris Davis gone, uh, letting a lot of people just walk away from their contract. I mean, uh, just, uh, just having players walk away from the team without even offering them money or any kind of contract. So yeah, uh, I'm, Totally surprised by this, Tim. I didn't expect both full straight wins, um, both home and away. So, yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw it, but against the uh, against the Twins, I think it was the last game. Uh, you can always count on the Coliseum to screw something up, Tim. Uh, the, the left... <laughs> The left field lights went out, and they uh, had to the game for thirty minutes uh, uh, so they could <laughs> sort of figure out what was going on. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Early in the year, it's already playing a part. Yeah, let's let, let's get all these coliseum frustrations out of the way in the beginning. Um, but yeah, I'm totally surprised. Um, especially with what I was saying, like how they, how they, they sort of have an answer to the, the problems they face during games. It's Mm -hmm. it's not like, you know, okay, so we gave up three runs. Let's try to get runners on base and let's try to score some runs. You know, even though, even if we score one run in the inning, like let's put something together in the next inning. You yeah, know, chip away. If our yeah, if if our pitching isn't so good, let's step up the bats. If our if if nobody's getting a hit, uh, let's um, you know, let's let's pitch a little better. Let's play defense a little better. And and that's that's the thing too. It's like their their defense has gotten better. The the position players, especially in the infield, you know, they're they're not bobbling, you know, ground balls or getting confused on who's on base and which base to throw to, (laughs) you know, just little kinks like that, you know, uh, they, they, they seem to have gotten that worked out. Well, you know what this means, Dane, if they keep this winning string up money ball too, has to be the next, (laughs) they're going to make a sequel. (laughs) That's what I keep hearing that joke. I'm like, that will be network. Like, oh, this is the different shows. Oh, this is a paving the way for a sequel to Moneyball if they reach that twenty win streak mark. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing too. Like, I'm. I don't know if if Billy Bean is still with the team or not. Oh, he's he, not he's right. Still... Didn't he? You go to like the like the Red Sox ownership group, something like that. 
Yeah, for like, he, not for the Red Sox, but he's doing something in sports for like their ownership group. I thought. Yeah, he's doing something for for uh, European soccer, uh-huh. European football. So, uh, but he's still listed on the website. Oh, really? Yeah, as president of uh, baseball. Mm, okay. So. So I guess. Yeah, I'm not sure. If it's... So I guess Brad Pitt can make like a post credit scene appearance in Moneyball too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder if uh, David Forrest was was in that movie. I don't think so. But <laughs> anyway, yeah, Moneyball two, let's do it. Uh, but but let's get past uh, the ALDS. Yeah, <laughs> that would be a step <laughs> up from you know the first one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> an AL championship series appearance. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm happy. I'm that's, happy with this team. That's good. Glad we were able to start this episode off on a positive note, unlike the last one. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so continuing with the positive thoughts, let's get into our Fellowship of the Ring commentary, which we're going to be going from minute five to six. And yes, we're still in the prologue. (laughs) So as always, if you want to go ahead and grab your VHS copy, your Betamax copy, your Laserdisc copy, your... See, I feel like I'm forgetting some other old physical media, but I was going to go straight to the subscription stuff. But <laughs> uh, Oh, your HD DVD. I think that was the one I forgot. Your HD DVD copy. Did you say uh, Laserdisc? I think you I did, did but okay. in case I didn't, your Laserdisc copy. <laughs> <laughs> then your Netflix physical media disc, your Blockbuster membership card so you can go out and rent it and at the last open store, which is what? Was it in Oregon or something? <laughs> there. Yeah. The Bend. Bend, Oregon. Okay. Yeah, so is, make yeah. the drive up there. Go rent a copy, come back, queue it up to minute five, and hear our commentary on it. (laughs) Or if that's not going to work for you, you can always grab your DVHS copy or our favorite, your VHS to converted DVD copy. So if whatever tickles your fancy, get one of those versions, queue it up to the five minute mark, and I'll go ahead and give the countdown. In three, two, one, go. As I was alluding to on our last commentary, this part right here is an extended sequence of seeing a sealed door put the one ring on and trying to make his escape. This does not happen in the book. <laughs> yeah, see, I don't remember how much detail it went in as far as recounting what happened to the sealed door. Yeah, I don't think they talked that much about, about him. Yeah, because I think that moment right here where you just see the arrows in his back is where the theatrical cut had. So I appreciate oh. it's a little extended sequence of showing what happened to him i like this dialogue here history became legend legend became myth and for two and a half thousand years man those ages last a long time in middle earth and looks like we're getting next to another big moment in the prologue where we're going to be focusing on Gollum for a little bit Gollum isn't a hobbit smeagol and deagle yeah yeah. Not technically, but they're kind of like in the Hobbit family, so to speak. Yeah, they're they're like ancestors of the Hobbits. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I didn't I, I didn't know that. <laughs> so that, that is our minute for this one. So we're just oh. ending on a clip of the Misty Mountains. But before we end the Lord of the Ring discussion, I got to ask you, Dan, have you continued on with the Two Towers and listening to the audiobook of that? Uh, no, I got distracted by uh, something else. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so 
I, I do plan on returning to it because I, I just like how uh, Tolkien writes. He, he, he is a really good writer. Um, the way he sort of constructs set sentences and especially, um, I'm not sure if I mentioned this when I was reviewing it, but uh, the way he does uh, dialogue, I really like the way he does dialogue. Mm. And, and, and I'm kind of glad that uh, the, the movie quotes him out right in, some, in most yeah. places. Yeah, yeah, that's what I loved about when I was reading the book for the first time, just knowing, oh man, the movie, they just literally picked exact dialogue from the novel, which I, I always liked. Yeah, and, and and The Two Towers is one movie that I don't remember at all. Okay. Uh, you know, I kind of remember Fellowship of the Ring. Is, this, is probably, this is probably the one I've seen the most. So, Now here's uh, a question for you. Would you want to watch the movie first before diving into the audiobook of it just to kind of get a comparison or do the opposite read the go yeah, through the book the and then watch yeah. the movie yeah cuz there's the book cuz you'll notice some big differences as far as how things are paced out and where things end and continue yeah. from the movie and the book so it'll be interesting to hear your thoughts on comparing the two once you do finish uh, the book and go back to the movie is there a big fight scene in that one in yeah. uh, the two towers movie and, yeah, it's actually my personal favorite fight scene of the entire trilogy is in the Two Towers. The... It's with the, the horse lords, right? Well, yeah, it's they're not fighting against them, but the, yeah, oh. the Fellowship or what's remaining of the Fellowship part with Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli there with the Rohirrim army, the horse lords, taking on the orcs and the Urukai in the Battle of Helm's Deep is what it's called. It's both yeah, great it's... in the... It's, I probably like it more in the movie. There's some stuff that uh, they added in the movie, which I know diehard Tolkien purists weren't a fan of, but I thought it worked really well <laughs> in the movie on how that battle plays out. So the um, the the horse lords uh, is, is there like something wrong with them? Like I, I think in Fellowship uh, Fellowship of the Ring, they they say something like the the king is corrupted or something. Yeah, the king is not right as <laughs> you'll yeah, yeah. find out why once you get there but yeah oh okay rohan is not a prosperous part of middle earth right now thanks to this king <laughs> and oh. what has happened to him yeah the, see see that's that's the thing like this is the first one i'm going into where i know nothing about it mm -hmm. or at least i can't remember it maybe like as i'm going along i'll be like oh yeah right i remember that yeah maybe <laughs> yeah oh, well We'll have that discussion to look forward to <laughs> on a future episode once you get through it. But with that, um, we can go ahead and go into our feature topic of this episode, which is going to be a series review of The Falcon and Winter Soldier, which, as we're recording this episode, just had its last episode air on Disney Plus yesterday, Friday, April 23rd. Unfortunately, it was only a six-episode run, so <laughs> it wasn't a long series, but that could end up working in his favor too but we'll get into all that and uh there will be spoilers on this one so in case you haven't seen the finale or any of the episodes yet um and want to hold off we will be going into spoilers on that so um to get started i might do something a little differently hey, Tim, because... before we get started can i ask you a bunch of questions sure yeah <laughs> okay all right so so who is the blonde woman okay she why is she wanted from America? <laughs> she first made her appearance in Captain America, the Winter Soldier. She was a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. Okay. And um, she is 
the niece, like the great niece of Peggy Carter, Steve Rogers' girlfriend from World War II. Yeah. And so once um, she helped in Captain America Civil War, when she helped Steve and Sam kind of, she got them basically their, their equipment back, Steve's shield, Falcon's gear, and kind of helped them escape from the government as far as breaking the law of the Sokovia Accords. And that kind of made her a fugitive herself where she had to go on the run. And that's why she told thing of Sam offering her a full pardon because of that. And so that's why she's kind of on her own now. Uh, mm. As we found out <laughs> in this last episode, that yeah. she was the power broker and kind of doing more things in the criminal underworld. So that's her story and where she's at right now. But I've seen this theory online since this last episode, especially with the post credit scene, as far as what maybe the reason why she's acting like this and how it might not even be the real Sharon Carter. But <laughs> um, yeah, so are you familiar with the scrolls, the alien species that could shapeshift? No, I'm not. Okay. Uh, well, from Captain Marvel? Yeah. And just in. Yeah. Okay old past storylines in the comics like secret evasion and they are going to be doing a secret invasion tv series for disney plus and there's a lot of speculation that maybe she is actually a scroll and as she kind of said at the post credit scene of this finale where how they're in with the governments now and they have she has all this access to weapons and information she may be talking to other scrolls who are planted on earth and preparing to make their secret invasion <laughs> as the series will imply so i could totally see that happening um, so we'll see if that ends up being the case because it says she had such a big character change and you can kind of understand why, but it just seems like such a big shift from where we saw her as a character in the Captain America movies. So I think if she ends up being a scroll, it would make total sense. Was she on the, 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 uh, that TV show? Uh, was it a- Agents, Agents of, of Shield? Shield? Yeah. Um, she, I, she definitely wasn't a main character on it, but now that you mentioned, I can't remember if she like made a guest appearance in an episode or not. I don't remember. I want to say no, but it is possible she was on an episode or two, but she definitely didn't play like a huge role or anything in that series if she was in it at all. Okay. Um, what are these accords and, and, and what is it for? That was in Captain America Civil War, the Sokovia Accords, where yeah. being a superhero, you had to kind of register with the government. Oh, and I that's see. caused the whole rift between Iron Man and Captain America. So, Right, right, because Iron Man, or Captain America did, and Iron Man didn't? No, it was the opposite. Iron Man did, and Captain America didn't want to sign it or oh. be a part of that, yeah. Uh, I see, I see. Um... I know there was one more thing I wanted to ask you. I just can't remember what it is. But yeah, let, let, let's just go ahead then and yeah. get into it. Yeah. So maybe do it a little differently. We're kind of talk about the finale first and kind of jump back to certain other aspects of episodes that led to what happened in the finale. Just because it's so fresh in my mind right now <laughs> coming off it. Um, first off, I'll just get kind of my little nitpicks out of the way. I felt it wasn't the best episode of the series, um, but I like where things led to and how um, it left the characters in certain spots. But I just felt it started off kind of wonky, in my opinion, where it was just it just threw you right in to what was happening. I mean, you see 
Bucky, you see Captain America, the new Captain America in Sam Wilson. They're just kind of already there at the moment to try to stop the Flag Smashers from capturing those government officials and passing that law. And it just felt like everything was just going on. And you, like, you knew why they were there, but I just felt that should have had a little something of them getting to that moment. Because for me, here's the, th- the biggest thing. With Sam Wilson taking on the mantle of Captain America, it's a big deal and a huge moment for the series. I just felt it wasn't maybe as grand as that moment should have been, where he's, like you see in the last penultimate episode, you see him opening the briefcase. We all know what's in there. They don't show it. And then the finale, you just already kind of see him flying out and already in action. I don't know. Maybe it's just the old comic book cheesy nerds aspect inside of me where it kind of wants that moment where you see him suited up or you see like the first full shot of him is this like epic moment of music and you just see him in his new Captain America suit ready for battle and then you see him in action. It's like there's a part of me that kind of wanted that because it is such a big moment for the character but at the same time I can appreciate that it is kind of a superhero trope that they didn't decide to do and just have it be something where He's already in action. He's the new Captain America. Let's go. Let's do this. So, uh, But I just felt things were kind of happening just a little too quickly in that opening sequence. But there definitely was some cool action moments in that sequence. But I just felt it just kind of threw you in there a little too fast without having a moment for to breathe a little bit with our main characters and how they're going into this situation here. I don't know if you felt that way, but that was just some of my notice when i was watching it this where it started off a little wonky yeah you see like i i like that where they just threw you right into it um and pretty much this entire episode or at least the the a big chunk of it is that fight scene like let's just have one big giant fight scene i i really like that um yeah it, it it didn't really bother me that he, he he didn't have this grand entrance sort of thing because it it kind of goes against what they're they were trying to to get at you know with uh this show um especially with that that other super soldier i think mm. uh is it elijah mm. and how or isaiah he was, isaiah right how he was experimented on and you know that sam is in a blonde hair blue-eyed white guy you know mm-hmm. and uh, you know it's it's it it didn't need that right because i i think what they were trying to get at was they were trying to take this like complicated thing about race and you know things like that and say something about that and you know he becomes captain america and he doesn't really need that that grand sort of entrance mm. right because it shouldn't be right because a- after everything how like those black soldiers were experimented on and tortured it's, it sounds like it doesn't yeah. really need that you know what i mean yeah that's a good not, point not, actually not yeah. in a way yeah not in a way like captain america did in the in that first movie where he you know he's a skinny guy and, mm-hmm. you know he gets the serum and you know he becomes captain america and you know, he's this big, proud, shining example of Americanness or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, this is sort of like the opposite of that. And, you know, I, I felt it was appropriate. And it doesn't really, uh, Sam's Captain America doesn't really need that. And it shouldn't be that, right? So. No, I, that's actually a good point. I could 
totally yeah. respect everyone who kind of has that feeling as far as that how he played it out in his entrance as Captain America for the first time. Like I said, it's probably just the old you know, superhero tropes I love seeing sometimes for big <laughs> moments. <laughs> yeah, right. But yeah, I mean, just as far as Sam becoming Captain America, I think that was obviously the thrux of this series. And because we knew that was going to be the end point in what the series was leading up to. But I just thought the journey up to there and then seeing him finally take on that mantle and what happens in that finale, it was just done so beautifully <laughs> as far as this being the story of how Sam becomes Captain America. Because that's what I think is great about this series. Because when you see or when you saw Captain America or in Avengers Endgame and you see Steve pass on the shield, you just kind of think, OK, we're just going to see Sam as Captain America the next time we see him, whether it's a movie or a TV show. But the fact that they really showed what a struggle it is for him to take on that mantle and that responsibility of being Captain America, that even Steve and Bucky, as Bucky told him in last week's episode, how him and Steve didn't realize what a difficult situation it would be for Sam as a black man to become Captain America and just how it kind of showed the dark side of what the whole point of Captain America and the super soldier serum, the shield, what it represents in the dark history that it does have that we didn't know. It just added this whole new layer to the story of Captain America that as we hear from the character of Isaiah and what he had to go through and the other uh, black soldiers who they were experimenting on, they didn't even tell him. And then just leaving the government, leaving them out to die when they were captured and just to kind of blow them, blow that camp up, kill them because they, they were afraid of the secret getting out and they want to destroy all evidence. But to have Isaiah be someone to go free them and to get them out and to be the great hero that he was just like Steve did in the first captain in the first captain america movie but then to have the total opposite thing happen to him where his government pretty much betrays him and just has him in prison and continues to experiment him on it's such a tragic story and just adds again to that weight of responsibility that sam is contemplating as far as becoming captain america and just thought everything we got with that and those character moments and then seeing that in contrast with what the government views as who should be Captain America with John Walker and just what a mistake that was and how that kind of backfired with the events that happened in the fourth episode, which we'll get to in a bit. But just the whole foundation of what this series was laid on with Captain with Sam Wilson becoming Captain America just went in a direction I wasn't expecting, but just added so much layers and was so much deeper in a, such a deeper story than I was ever expecting it to be. And once I saw Steve hand him the shield in Avengers Endgame, and I just really applaud it and appreciate it doing that and going in that direction for telling this kind of story um, and what it means for Sam Wilson to become the new Captain America and just how it wasn't an easy choice, but just speaks to what kind of person he is at the end of it to take on that responsibility. So I just thought it was really well done, that that focal point of the story uh, being what this series was all about. Yeah, the uh, the the my my one piece of criticism, I guess you could say, but maybe it's because I don't watch the Marvel movies. Is I I kind of didn't know what was going on with the Winter Soldier okay. storyline. Yeah, so like he killed all these people, 
and he wants to make amends for for all of them. Yeah, I guess for the ones he still can. <laughs> or even the ones uh, that he helped get into positions of power, like we saw in the first episode. Yeah. Kind of yeah. take him down. <laughs> so oh, I guess it's kind of a mixture yeah. of both. <laughs> yeah. Like I I just didn't know what was going on there with like the, the therapy sessions mm. and the the old man. So so uh with the old man and how he uh killed his son mm. is that's in a movie no that, that's that was something totally movie. new introduced in the series oh okay um, but he's done stuff like that for who knows how many times years. which yeah which you get uh, hints of in the movies so okay um and also uh who created um captain america's or Sam's Captain America. Um, his who, who made his suit? Oh, it was definitely in Wakanda. The Wakandans oh, the, made it the for Wakandans. him. Because of that moment oh. where uh, Bucky was facing Zemo when he and the door Milaje took him into custody, and Bucky yeah. tells her, um, "I just got one more favor to ask of you." And then he comes to Sam with that briefcase. <laughs> so you knew he got oh, it. Oh, I so. see. Yeah, I see. And I gotta say, his cost, his Captain America costume, ripped straight out of the comics. It looked, it looked really? great scene in the live action. Yeah, they just did a good job of being faithful to how it was in the comics. Oh, so like he, it, it looks exactly like it. He has the wings and everything. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, like like I'm just wondering, like, okay, so so who made it? What was it? The government that made it, or was was it you know somebody else? Did did the Winter Soldier make it? <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I guess it was uh, the Wakandans. Which, yeah. Uh, so yeah. you know it's the best of the best when it's coming from Wakanda. <laughs> <laughs> if, if if I'm remembering this correct, uh, they 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 make um, the Wakandans. They, they they make like it's like a um, like a like a sort so, sort of like a they aren't they behind like a veil or something? Yeah, they do kind of like have a shield type surrounding. Yeah, like, like most of their people are behind the shield. Yeah, so they remain hidden from the world, <laughs> the rest of the world, pretty much. Yeah, I see. I see. Yeah. So. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, you can go on. I was actually going to continue on with Sam's costume, but. <laughs> oh no! Please, please go on. No, this is how I just love that idea that it did come from Wakanda, and that. It was Bucky, the one who kind of knew this is what Sam, he knew, like, that's the other thing that was great about this series, just seeing the de- relationship and that friendship of Bucky and Sam develop and have them become closer than they were, obviously, when they first started, where they Bucky wasn't even answering Sam's calls <laughs> or something, where they were kind of ignoring each other and then come to this, have this mutual respect. And just how Bucky knew Sam was the one, the only one who could be Captain America. And just even though Sam really didn't decide at that moment, Bucky knew after the events that happened uh, with John Walker that Sam was going to be the one to take on the responsibility of becoming Captain America. And he just knew that that was going to be the case. And he had uh, the Dora Milaje create a suit for him. And I just love that aspect that it came from Bucky as being the one who gave him that suit and tying into Bucky's connection with Wakanda. So just everything behind the suit, how it looked, um, how it, uh, where he got it from in the story, they 
decided to go with as far as how he got it. I don't know because I haven't read the comics with Sam being Captain America. So I don't know if that's something totally different to how he got his suit in the comics. Or maybe he did get it from Wakanda as well, but just in a different way. But I'm not too sure. Um, kind of want to go back and or not go back, but <laughs> read those comics for the first time now after seeing the series. So maybe I'll check that out. But I just like how the suit looked and just how uh, he got it. I no, so, sorry. I, I I had another question, but I totally forgot. <laughs> forgot Bring them on. <laughs> um. Dang it! I forgot it. Oh, so so who is Andy Circus's character? He is Ulysses Claw. Um, he's okay, kind so of one who's of, that guy? He's, he's pretty, connected with the Wakandans, right? Yeah, he's kind of like one of Black, Black Panther's main villains in the comics. Um. And so he's someone who's, who's kind of after the vibranium. He's obviously in the black market, like weapons dealer type scenario. And vibranium is very rare, very valuable. So he tries to get his hands on it. And he's been to Wakanda. Um, they've caught him. And I think they, he was even branded by him, if I remember right. So he has like a scar to show kind of <laughs> like he made a big mistake trying to steal from the Wakandans. So he does have a connection with the Black Panther, just Wakanda in general. Oh, so he he's like a black market um, weapons dealer, right? Yeah. Mm. Oh, I see. And he he is connected with that Russian guy, right? Um, from this this series uh, or another movie? Yeah, or? this series. Yeah. Not no, not really. Unless there was like a oh. connection I missed in one of the movies, but. Uh, Ulysses Claw only showed up in Avengers Age of Ultron and Black Panther. So he was only in two movies. And um, you're referring to uh, Backtrack. I thought I'm saying his name right. <laughs> the one that uh, who was in the first episode that Sam went after in the helicopter and then ended up working with the Flag Smasher. Is that the guy you're referring to? No, no. Um, not him. Uh, the... the... <sighs> Sorry, I, I don't know the character character names. No. Um, the guy that's reading the book at the end at, at the end of this episode, this uh, sixth episode. Oh, Zemo. Okay, Zemo. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's from right. Sokovia, the fictional country oh, in uh, <laughs> that Marvel Cinematic Universe. But uh, no, he didn't really have any connection with him, though. Oh, okay, okay. I see. And Zemo, how come he was smiling at the end? Because he killed the, yeah, like smashers. Yeah, he's pretty much responsible for the rest of them getting blown up in that van. So he's pretty much his work was finished. Where at least those versions of the super soldiers have all been killed, and that's why he was happy because that was his outset from the start. <laughs> oh, I see. And I will say, since we're on the topic of Baron Zemo, because he's he's such a one of the main like villains of the Avengers and Captain America. And I like what they're doing with him as a character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe for his introduction to Civil War and then seeing him in this series. And it was cool to have him be, have it be kind of a teen up between him and Bucky and Sam as reluctantly working together. And it made for some great moments and character interactions and just great discussions and dialogue with their differences of ideals and yet how they call each other out sometimes thinking you're saying you're being exactly what you're preaching against or you need to make this hard decision and do what you need to do that you 
to cross that line that you don't want to cross. So just different philosophical ideas and discussions came out between their interactions with Zemo with Bucky and Sam, which was great. But um, I was a little disappointed. And this is, again, probably another just a comic book fan nitpick. (laughs) But uh, one of the cool things that I was looking forward to in this series was getting Zemo in his comic costume where he had that mask. And because I really like Zemo's costume in the comics, it's it's simple, but uh, he has a cool look with that mask on. And he pretty much only wore it for like a minute at the most <laughs> in one s- action sequence in the third episode where they're at the docks and he's taking out all those assassins trying to get Bucky Sam um, the hit that's on them. And he puts it on, takes out a few enemies and takes it off when he meets up with them again. And I was hoping for a little more of him in that mask because I think the way he grabbed it this holds some significance to his family history i'm thinking and again it's just such a cool look in the comics i was hoping to see more of it and this is something that's not really a knock against the series but just something that i was hoping to see but i think we will eventually later on but i was thinking going into it that since i i didn't see any read any spoilers or try to know as little as possible going into the show so i was expecting zemo to be one of the main antagonists of this series that Bucky and Sam would have to go up against. And that ended up not being the case. And like I said, that's something that's on me if I was expecting that, where there was no indications that that was actually going to be the case. Um, But I just think it would have been cool to see Bucky and Sam go up against Zemo um, if the series maybe was had a few more episodes um, because, you know, their team up wasn't going to last. And eventually they'd come, <laughs> they would cross paths again as heroes and villains. But I was hoping to see that in the series. But it, again, it's not a huge deal because they're obviously setting up more for the character. And I think we're going to see him again um, somewhere down the line, whether it's in a movie or another TV show. So um, not a huge deal, but just something going into it. I was expecting Zemo to play a little bit more of a bigger role as an antagonist than he was in this series, which he pretty much wasn't. But um, he's such a great character. So I was, I was glad they brought him back for the series and just looking forward to seeing more of him uh, in future MCU stories. I did like that, uh, that underwater prison thing. Yeah, the rap. That was pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that is a staple it's... from just the Marvel comics oh. and their super prisons that they keep their villains in. <laughs> Because yeah, that those, first those, showed up in Captain America Civil War. Oh, did it? Yeah, because that's one after that big airport battle and yeah. all the heroes who were teaming up with Cap and going at, against the Sokovia Accords, that's where they were all locked up and Steve Rogers had to break them out at the end. So the heroes were there first before <laughs> we saw any villains locked up in the raft. Sounds like a, I, I, I have to watch that movie again. Um, Civil War. Yeah, I would I would recommend, especially after coming off this series. <laughs> yeah, it seems like that movie in, uh, specifically <laughs> is tied with this show. Yeah, and it had big ramifications from almost every Marvel movie to come after that. <laughs> really, from the last two Avengers movies to this series, I was like that just started a chain reaction of events that um, it's connected to the events of Civil War. Uh, but maybe you should watch uh, Winter Soldier again first too, because. That introduces a lot of the characters that we see in the Falcon and Winter Soldier. That is the sequel to the first one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. Oh, and, and um, Civil War is the third Captain America movie. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Some like to call it like Avengers two point five <laughs> because it is almost <laughs> an Avengers team up movie as well. Right. But at the heart of it is still a Captain America centered story, so I think it still counts as a third Captain America movie. 
When does uh, Captain America get that beard? Is that in Civil War? Um, in Avengers: Infinity War is where we see. Uh, it. <laughs> it's like he, he doesn't even he doesn't even bother with the helmet anymore. He just you know. Oh yeah, because suit. as you'll see in Civil War, he kind of gives up the mantle of being Captain America for what, what happens at the oh. end of that movie. I see. For a little bit, anyway. <laughs> yeah, you see, that, that's why I've, uh, I'm kind of hesitant on giving uh, my opinion on this uh, on this show because it's something that, I, and it seems like a lot of Marvel fans were let down at the end. Um, I'm seeing a lot of mixed reactions to it, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, that, that's why I, I kind of don't want to give my opinion because I, I'm an idiot. And I kind of don't know what's going on with these Marvel movies and every little thing about it, you know. Well, that's like that. well, that's <laughs> opinion I want to hear because it's it's something coming from kind of like a casual audience member type viewing yeah. of it. You, you don't know okay. the full backstory of all these characters and if it still worked or if it didn't work for you because of that. I love the show. I really do. Um, I I thought that there wasn't a misstep at all. Um, and everything paid off really well, um, especially with uh, the Super Soldier Serum and what they're doing with uh, um, Isaiah. Oh, sorry, yeah, no, it was Isaiah. Right. It was Isaiah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. Uh, I, I I totally love that aspect of it and how they brought a new thing for yep. Sam. And the main reason why I love this show is Sam. I I think he's a great character. He's played really well. Um, and he, he's really what kept me coming back, uh, for more and more and more. And I'm so glad that they're making him Captain America. I, I didn't know <laughs> that he was a Captain America. Uh, I, I guess in the comics he is, but mm-hmm. yeah, there's I, a moment where it was, yeah. Yeah. I had no idea. I thought it, this was just going to be a one done thing more like, a. You know, okay, so we got rid rid of the flag smashers, and here is the shield back, and I'm gonna, you know, be Falcon or whatever. Uh, I didn't know he was actually gonna become Captain America, so that was that was a surprise for me, and nice. that really uh, made me happy. Um, you know, let's have a black Captain America. I mean, why not? Yeah, um, and I like how two is a small thing, but at the very end, we're it yeah, had the title Falcon and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> it changed to Captain America and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> yeah, you took it right out of my mouth. And yeah, <laughs> I totally love that. That that was great. Um, so yeah, I as somebody that doesn't read the comics, not into the really the Marvel movies, don't really know what's going on. This was a great show, and this is the the, the best thing that Marvel has put out TV show wise that I've seen. So. Yeah, they're they're two for two in my book with WandaVision and this one, but they're such totally different shows and great for totally different reasons. I think that's just a testament to how good Marvel is at doing these type of stories, how they could have these great stories that resonate but are told in totally different and unique ways. I think that's what makes it great. But yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you, How It was just such a great story arc for Sam Wilson to go to go on to becoming the new Captain America. And um, that kind of brings me to probably my favorite moment of the series. I think just such a great cap off to uh, 
no pun intended, but <laughs> uh, to the story that the series took us on with Sam Wilson becoming Captain America and the legacy of the super soldier serum and how it relates to black Americans and just how they were just so obviously mistreated and just betrayed by the country. And the moment that we got with Sam taking Isaiah to the Smithsonian museum with that Captain America exhibit that we've seen in civil war. And then he shows Isaiah that statue and that section dedicated to him and his soldiers and giving them and him the same respect that Steve Rogers got. And just seeing the look on Isaiah's face and just bringing him to tears and that hug he gives Sam, it was just, I think, such a powerful moment knowing what he went through and just how, you know, his life was pretty much destroyed by the government. But yet to kind of have him have his service be acknowledged in the same way that Steve Rogers is, I think is great. And just some that that shows that Sam can look at as he becomes Captain America, knowing the history of another black American being a super soldier with the tied to the legacy of Captain America. And he's going to continue on that. And I just thought it was just such a great moment between these two characters because they didn't, the relationship didn't get off on the right foot. I mean, that moment, that conversation they had in the penultimate episode where just Isaiah tells them, you know, America, there wouldn't be America wouldn't allow there to be a black captain America. And then he says like, what self-respecting black man would even want to do that. And just how Sam took on that burden and just showing where the relationship is at now and just giving Isaiah the respect and the recognition that he deserved to, to have that moment, but yet not, kind of respecting the privacy that Isaiah wanted to kind of be left and thought for dead. So any government officials wouldn't try to bring him back for more experimentation or whatever, but just to have it be respected where his story is being told and being um, is something that everyone can now see and as it should be. So I just thought that was just such a great moment between those two characters. And just, again, that emotion you saw in Isaiah's face was just fantastic, especially when he embraced Sam for a hug. So again, just a great moment for to end the series on, but yet knowing that to, we're going to get more stories of Sam as Captain America and just having to continue and build off from that moment, I just thought was so beautifully done. And I think was the highlight of the episode, in my opinion, and just a great way to cap off this story for Sam Wilson becoming Captain America. I'm just trying to think, is, it, is there any museum dedicated to one person you mean in real life <laughs> yeah yeah because i was gonna say there I mean, is the flash museum in the dc universe <laughs> <laughs> yeah then in real life like is there a museum that's just for one person i can't really think of one i don't think so <laughs> yeah so it's good that they they de- de- diversify that museum then and, and include the black soldiers that, that that sort of you know tell their story too because mm-hmm. that's just a captain america museum right like you go in and it's all about captain america well i'm pretty yeah, sure it's Steve like it's, yeah it's just i think it's like in the smithsonian where oh so it's like a wing of the yeah smithsonian. i'm pretty sure oh okay yeah. <laughs> okay <laughs> i was wondering it's like is there an entire museum just for one person <laughs> You know, like, if they're going to make a museum, they 
for like they would do it for all the Avengers and superheroes there, <laughs> you know, save the world. Yeah. yeah well, I mean, I, you know, I was thinking like, like, is there one in America that's only dedicated to one person? I don't think so. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> just this uh, sidetrack this. <laughs> But speaking of like the Avengers and stuff, one of the things I also really liked about the series is just how it showed the aftermath of Avengers Endgame. Just, you know, how bringing half of the population of the universe, and in this case specifically the world, back would be such a joyous occasion for everyone who lost loved ones. But yet in reality, you know it's going to cause a huge problem (laughs) in the world and just how it's going to affect everyone. And that's obviously the whole reason behind the flag smashes and what they were fighting against and just seeing what everyone had to go through and to adapt with this new situation of everyone coming back. And it's just how it causes some unique problems and situations that the world has never faced before. And that was a, a great moment too in the episode with Sam making that speech as Captain America for the first time, just showing how you know the government has almost the same power as Thanos did to wipe out the population. This, affecting lives as much as he did and just how it's such uncharted territory, but they have the chance to do to make it right. And he is might not have all the answers either, but he's going to do what he can for the country and the world. I just liked how the series dived into that aspect that you might not, might not necessarily thought about while watching Avengers Endgame because you're just so happy everyone's back, but just the real life effects a situation like that would have on the world. I just found very, very interesting too. Yeah, I think it's the the senator that has the line, like, like what if you what if you disappeared and then came back five years later and found out somebody else was living in your house? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Like, it's not an easy scenario because you could right. feel for both situations. Why should someone who's yeah. been living there now be forced to exit, but yet why should someone who disappeared and lived in that house be forced not to have live there again? So it is very complicated. Yeah. Or, or, or even like, like imagine if you disappeared and then your partner or a significant other moves on and is married yeah. to somebody else, right? That exactly. Is a complicated situation that yep. can't really be rectified or whatever. Yeah. So again, it just raises some very interesting questions that I'm just glad the series dived into and just realizes how such an unprecedented scenario the world was facing at this moment. But another aspect. Want to talk about and one of the other main characters in this series was John Walker as the new Captain America, and then of course later the U.S. agent is who I'm not too wasn't too familiar with him from the comics. I just only knew of him really because um, as a kid I had these Marvel trading cards. And I always remember seeing the card for U.S. agent and thinking, man, what's with this having this guy look just like Captain America except his outfit's black? Like, why is it different than him? So. Um, but I thought the series, I mean, he was such an interesting character. He's someone that you kind of love to hate right off the bat. (laughs) It just made you realize just what a mistake it was for him to become Captain America, but yet just being someone pulled from the government because he first looked almost like Steve Rogers, like the description (laughs) they were saying, blonde hairs, blue eyes, a white guy who has a Captain America and so he's the perfect fit. That automatically makes him. But yet he has a good service record and accomplishments in uh, the military. So he was physically uh, fit to do it as well. But I just liked how it just showed the dangerous road that you saw Sam struggle with the responsibility of 
taking of not wanting to take it, but then you saw John Walker wanting to take it, but yet once he did have it, the struggle of not kind of living up to the legacy that people would expect for Captain America to have and him kind of wanting instant respect from everyone just because he's a, he's named Captain America. That automatically makes him where he should be an authoritative figure and just have the respect that Steve Rogers would automatically have. And that wasn't the case. And you saw him struggle with that and just see him not do what he could do once he couldn't fight super soldiers, once he couldn't fight the Dora Milaje and just how he wanted to take that super soldier serum. And you knew that was going to lead him to a dangerous place because it not only amplifies your strength, but it just amplifies also what kind of person you are. And we knew that um, he was someone who obviously he wasn't right to be Captain America, but I doubt the series did a good job of showing he wasn't necessarily a bad guy either, where he was just someone who struggled with certain things as we saw him have kind of regret for his time in Afghanistan as a soldier when he's talking to his friend Lamar at that mall, just saying they got awarded for what was the worst day of his life. And just that knowing that he's coming from someone who in his mind wants to do good, but goes about it the wrong way. Once we saw that amplified, once he took that super soldier serum and once Lamar was killed by the flag smashers, him just killing someone pretty much in cold blood, someone who was surrendering and he just takes that shield and just kills him, which was such a, a shocking moment in the series. And just seeing that image of the Captain America shield stained with that blood and just that legacy kind of being tarnished just a little bit more <laughs> again, where that shield just doesn't represent the best of America and the the people who use it, who were or either they were experimented on because of the super soldier serum, but Steve Rogers um, did as Captain America. Now John Walker, it's just, it's a complicated history <laughs> behind that shield as Sam put it in an episode, but I just like it too, where obviously John Walker should not have had the shield or have been Captain America. He was not the right fit for it. And just did a great job of showing you why someone like that shouldn't have the responsibility and honor to be Captain America, but someone like Sam Wilson should have. But what I appreciate is that they didn't just make him a full-blown like villain after that, where the super soldier serum made him crazy and after he killed that uh, flag smasher, and then after the fight with Bucky and Sam, which was a great fight too, <laughs> and just him losing the shield where he didn't go, oh, I'm going to go out for revenge, like I'm going to take down Bucky and uh, Sam and get my shield back because I'm the only true Captain America. And while he still thinks that, um, I did like how in the finale he showed up not to fight them, but to still work with them to take down the Flag Smashers, doing what he knew he had to be done first and foremost. And to show that, again, he still is a good person where he saved that truck of hostages of those government officials when he could have gone after Carly, the main Flag Smasher, the one who killed his partner, Lamar, because that's pretty much what he wanted to do first and foremost, to get revenge and take her out. But knowing that where his responsibilities as if he wants to be a hero comes first is in saving people. So I thought that was a good moment for him than him officially taking on the mantle of us agent um, given to him by <laughs> Elaine from Seinfeld, <laughs> Julia Louis-Dreyfus, <laughs> which was a surprise. I think they did a good job keeping that a secret of her being in the series, but I just thought they did a good job of showing him as someone who obviously 
is a flawed character and should not have been Captain America, but at the same time didn't make him a full-blown villain, but yet someone we're probably going to see again who's probably never going to be the best hero, but will try to do the right thing, but <laughs> may not go about it the same way. So it was definitely an interesting character to see um, his story play out throughout the series. I, I, I just like the name U.S. Agent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's it, it's kind of like the store brand of like frosted flakes, right? Yeah, it's like, like, yeah. Uh, I don't know what you call it, flakes of corn, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> frosted flakes of corn or something. Snowy flakes, you know, <laughs> yeah, snowy flakes or something. You know, fruity loops, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or fruity circles. You know, like uh, I I just love the name U.S. Agent. It's it's kind of like a yeah. It's 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 hilarious to me. I I had no idea he he, he was a comic character mm-hmm. or he, he was a character from the comics. Like I thought this was just like a new development or whatever, a new creation for the show. But um, I I I, I guess it'll be interesting, like how he is sort of going to be. It 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 sounds like um he um he's going to be like a like like Captain America, but for private industry, it sounds like. Yeah. Or like he's gonna be essentially like a international mercenary for a corporation. Yeah, because we still like, don't know like, exactly who the character Julia Louis Dreyfus yeah. is playing, like what who she's working for and all that. And forgive me for not knowing her name because it's such a long name. <laughs> what she said. Yeah, like uh, it's. It, It'll be interesting to see, like, who, because I'm totally unfamiliar with this character. Um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what he actually is, because, like I said, it, it sounds like he's like an international mercenary for, or he's going to be an interna- yeah. international mercenary for private industries, uh, corporations, stuff like that. And it could even be somewhere she's setting up her kind of like her own Avengers team as well because right. seen also speculation that maybe we could see the formation of the thunderbolts which in the comics is kind of like a a little bit kind of like the suicide squad where it's uh kind of a team up of some villains or like anti-heroes working together um so i know there's speculation maybe with zemo and uh john walker now u.s agent maybe it's like they're setting up the beginnings of the thunderbolts to be formed here maybe that's still to be the case but yeah i agree it's definitely going to be interesting to see where how he shows up in future Marvel stories coming up. But speaking of Julia Louis-Dreyfus' character, because uh, her she has, in the comics, her character kind of has a history with Nick Fury and S.H.I.E.L.D. So I'm wondering if her and maybe U.S. Agent are going to play big roles in the Secret Invasion uh, series, because I know Nick Fury is going to be a big part of that. So maybe that's where we'll get more of her backstory and her connections in uh, what organization she's with now um, later on in that series. So that's, that's kind of where I'm expecting maybe uh, we'll see her and him show up again. Yeah, because she doesn't work for the government, does she? No, <laughs> not yeah, directly. Anyway. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Not, maybe she's like a contractor for the government or something. Like, yeah. I, like so, so you, you have no idea who she is or whatever. Yeah. Oh, I okay. mean, even her business card was just blank, so <laughs> we couldn't yeah. even find out that way. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I love U.S. Agent. It's it's my favorite comic book name of all time. 
<laughs> U.S. agent. It's like, uh, it's like what? Perfect. It's perfect. I know the name, the word just combines so beautifully. But what is the A part of? Is the A part of USA or is it part of the agent? <laughs> like, <laughs> what portion of it are they using it for? <laughs> like, or what? And plus, too, like it, it kind of doesn't make sense if he's going to be like a mercenary because aren't mercenaries supposed to be like no of no country? Yeah, yeah, they're kind of free for hire. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe mercenary is not the US right agent. word to use, but yeah, he's working directly for someone. <laughs> we just don't know what exactly so, that organization is. It's like, oh, um, uh, or we got attacked by a U.S. agent. Um, so the U.S. government, the people from the U.S. attacked us. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so that's like, a, yeah, it has to be for some secret, really secret go- U.S. government organization that she's a part of. <laughs> Yeah, but then, yeah, yeah, but like, why would you name him U.S. agent? It's like Captain America, U.S. agent. You know, it's like same. <laughs> I mean, that's what I thought of when I saw that training card for the first time. <laughs> it definitely <laughs> confused me. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. She 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 has to work on her branding. Is what I'm what I'm yeah. <laughs> It's kind of like uh, like like James Bond, right? He's supposed to be the super secret agent. Why do you keep saying your name? You know, all the time. <laughs> like, like I, I have no idea how to be a spy. Believe it or not, but I, I'm pretty sure rule number one is to not say give your real name. A little alone make it a point to say your first and last name too. Yeah, <laughs> every time. Oh, my name is James Bond. So, is U.S. agent gonna have to do that? The name's Agent. U.S. agent. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that's 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 great. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I guess that's our overall thoughts on the series in general. I'm with you, Dane. I enjoyed it immensely. I thought it was a great story, even though there were certain parts of the finale that I wish were done a little differently. I thought could have been executed a little better, but um, just the story it was telling here, I thought, was top notch. With Great performances from all the actors involved and some really cool action sequences throughout. So I was really excited when the series was was announced and it was probably my most anticipated of the Marvel Disney Plus series announced initially. And I think for the most part, it definitely lived up to my expectations and I just really enjoyed it. So and the best part is, too, we're wondering if maybe it would get a second season. I don't think that's going to be the case because as it was announced yesterday, hours after the finale premiered that they were making another Captain America movie with the same team involved from the series continuing on Sam's journey as Captain America. So I think it's going to be cool to see his story continue in a full-blown MCU movie, which is great. And again, I just think it speaks to kind of the genius of Marvel's planning and how they lay all this stuff out where, yeah, you give Sam the shield at the end of Endgame. And like I said earlier, you kind of expect maybe there's going to be a next movie with him being Captain America. But instead of having it just be him taking it on immediately in the next movie, we got this great story of a TV show in between that shows you what he had to go through to take on that mantle of being a Captain America. And now once we get that movie of him Captain Amer- as Captain America, we have this whole great backstory we could look on that I think is only going to enhance the movie once we see it and knowing um, what everything that went down in Falcon and the, and the Winter Soldier. So it just 
again, great of how showed just how great Marvel is at planning their series and movies and the stories they want to tell. So um looking forward to get this new Captain America movie. Right now it's just being referred to as Captain America 4. I don't think that's what it's going to be called. <laughs> so uh, we'll see what the subtitle is. But regardless, it'd be exciting once we do get that first Sam Wilson Captain America movie. So if I had to score this episode or the series as a whole, I'd probably give it a four out of five. Um, I just really enjoyed it. Um, and it, like I said, can't wait to see more and just glad it's going to make for a great jumping off point for Sam becoming Captain America. So yeah, really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, really, really enjoyed this, this TV show. I just wish the, the fight scenes were a little better. Um, uh, particularly that one on the, the, the train. I mean, uh, sorry, sorry, not the train, uh, in between the two trucks, mm, uh, okay. in the beginning and, uh, some scenes, in this final episode um but yeah I, I i really like it i really like the message they're trying to get, get across and i i can't wait for captain america 4 <laughs> and i i am going to give it four out of five nice <laughs> <laughs> all right so yeah that's our review of the falcon and winter soldier um the next marvel series is going to be loki which comes out in june i believe sometime in june not sure how many episodes that's going to be but again expecting something totally different <laughs> than what falcon yeah. and the winter soldier was and what wandavision is so uh keep just these tv a, series coming just make it a full-on comedy <laughs> oh i it, it might be <laughs> yeah judging from the trailers i think there's definitely gonna be a lot of comedic moments in there so we'll see if it is oh. a full-blown comedy but you, all right you know, so um uh, so, sorry one more thing oh yeah <laughs> before um you, you know how you were talking about how one division and uh falcon or captain america and the winter soldier um are two completely different shows and it sounds like this loki one is going to be another one an- mm-hmm. uh, another you know completely different show oh i wonder if they're doing the same thing with star wars you know like are they going to have the mandalorian they have the the Obi Wan show, um, and um, I forget the guy's name. <laughs> Cassian Andor. Uh, Cassian Andor. Are, are, are the those three shows going to be completely different, or are they going to be like the same Star Wars formula, just done? You know. Yeah, you know what? I think it is going to be harder to make those as different as as the Marvel series is, because I think with Star Wars, you do kind of have to follow kind of a certain way of telling those stories in that universe so with the characters so obviously they're going to be different stories and different situations that the characters are going to go through but i don't think you're going to see big tonal shifts uh between the styles of the tv shows i think there are probably going to be more similar than they are different but yet obviously telling different and unique kind of stories with these characters that'll set it apart from the rest so yeah i wouldn't expect them to be as different as the mcu shows are going to be yeah, yeah, you're probably right. It, it, that's one thing I I, I really want to see is just like a flat out comedy in Star Wars universe. Well, did you see? Do you remember seeing uh, clips from that animated show George Lucas was working on, like back in 2012, Star Wars Detours, which was pretty much a Star Wars sketch comedy show <laughs> with the characters. Oh. Yeah. Really? Oh, I haven't seen anything about this. 
look it up. You know, the the animation is totally stylized and more of a comedic setting. It's not Clone Wars, that's for sure. And like I said, it is putting these characters in unique comedy, comedic situations. It's like Robot Chicken because it was being developed by uh, Seth Green. And his, oh, his partner who'd worked on Robot Chicken, George Lucas, hired him to make this Star Wars comedy show. But once Disney bought it, they felt this isn't probably the best way to showcase Star Wars as a, like our first TV show. But there's like a ton of episodes in the can and just ready to go. And some there's rumors going on right now that it might be put on Disney Plus eventually. Um, but we'll see. But it's definitely if it would have aired what it was originally intended, like 2012, 2013, there probably would have because you know how Star Wars fans like to complain about everything. This definitely would have set a lot of people off. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm just watching. Yeah, like the animation is is definitely unique. Yeah, <laughs> like everybody has short legs and big yeah. upper bodies. Mm. That's the thing too. It's not like they're creating new characters to tell this comedy. So they're show they're using classic Star Wars characters: Darth Vader, Obi Wan, Boba yeah, Fett. I could definitely, I could definitely hear people being like, like, oh, but in in the continuity, you know, yeah, <laughs> Leia wouldn't be talking to Anakin, you know, or whatever. It is like with some with certain Star Wars fans, everything Star Wars has to fit in the continuity in the canon. <laughs> yeah. With stuff like this, you just kind of have to take it what it is. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I, I wish they wouldn't just make a full-on comedy and just have it be a comedy, you know. <laughs> you know let's just have, you know, this, this side thing that doesn't really have to do with anything, you know, with the canon or with, you know, anything like anything to do with the, you know, the, the stuffiness of the Star Wars universe, right? Yeah. <laughs> let's just have our own side thing. You know, well, you know me. I'm gonna watch anything Star Wars, so I'm willing to give anything a shot. So <laughs> I would, I'm not gonna complain about anything Star Wars we get. Right. Um, but yeah, so that'll do it for our future topic, and not really a whole bunch of big news to talk about. Um, there was one that got me excited though that just got announced a few days ago on the DC Comics front, and uh, it's gonna be that the DC animated universe is continuing in the comics, just like Batman: The Adventures continues is continuing stories in the animated series and now we're getting one for justice league unlimited which is exciting it's going to be called justice league infinity and um the, I believe it comes out on it's going to be one of those digital firsts and then later physical but it comes out digitally in on may 13th 2021 and just like how batman the adventures continue is being written by those who worked on the animated series like paul dini and alan burnett same thing is going to be with justice league where um we're going to get the series to be written by James Tucker, um, who obviously did great work on Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, and brought Batman Brave of the Bold. And then uh, Justice League, another staff writer on there, J.M. Demetrius, probably butchering his last name. But I'm just glad that they're deciding to continue these stories from the animated series, and they're using the same creative teams who worked on the show to continue the story. So uh, that's the most important part to me with these announcements, is just knowing that the same creators who work on the show are doing the comic. And that just makes everything that much better as Batman, the adventures continue proves. And so um, a little brief synopsis, it's going to be a seven issue limited series. And then uh, the brief synopsis synopsis that gave for it is that in the debut issue, there's been a wandering, there's a being wandering the universe searching for its true purpose, but what it finds out on the farthest edges of the cosmos will change, not just our universe, but many and meanwhile, the War of the Throne of Apocalypse arrives on Earth, and the true ruler will only be decided one way, 
who can destroy the Justice League. So it looks like we're going to be exploring some multiverse stuff and continuing on where Justice League Unlimited ended with Darkseid and Lex Luthor being taken into the anti-life equation and Apocalypse being without a ruler. And we got little hints of that in Justice League Unlimited where the different factions of Apocalypse are warring with each other for control. So it looks like that will continue here. But I'll be excited to have get some multiverse stories in here because we got a little bit of exploration with that in the series with uh, the Justice Lords and how that parallel universe um, clashed with the main continuity timeline of the Justice League. So it'd be cool to uh, get more exploration on the multiverse in this comic series. But again, just glad we're going to get more stories with this iteration of the Justice League because obviously being big fans of the show, <laughs> we know it is one of the best interpretations of the Justice League there is. So looking forward to that. So um, continuing on, honestly, as I said before, the comics that I'm just most excited about and want to read are the ones that are just kind of focusing on other iterations of these characters like Batman the Adventures continue season two, Batman 89, Superman 78, and now Justice League Infinity. These are the kind of the comic series that get, get me the most excited on the DC front. So um, looking forward to reading all of these when they come out. But well, that's about it. That's kind of the only big news story item that um, I took notice of that got me really pumped <laughs> and excited. So um Kind of a short episode, this one. Uh, not too much going on. Uh, so with that, I guess I can throw it to you for the outro day. All right. It would help if I had a help, but I don't. There we go. Dang, you disappoint. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah go over to BatmanUniverse.net, Facebook.com, slash BatmanUniverse, Twitter handles at BatmanUniverse. Uh, you can follow Tim at TimG311, and you can follow me at Dane Says Diana. You can follow the show at Batman's Podcast. Uh, rate and reviews on iTunes, and email the show at batfansandoutpants at gmail.com. So with that, like we say at the end of every single show, Tim. We love each and every one of you with all of our super soldier hearts. <laughs> soldier <laughs> Yeah, we'll see you guys See you next time, everybody. Yeah.